Well, hello again. Welcome back to the Working Title Podcast. That's a, that's a good name. Title under construction. <laughs> We're getting many many suggestions about it. Keep sending suggestions in. That's we need we need one of you guys to come through with the name for this podcast. <laughs> I'm expect I'm counting on you guys, all of you faithful listeners. I'm here. My name is Anthony Russo, here at Calvary Church in Clearwater, Florida, with Pastor Willie Rice. Good to be with you again. We have a, we're in a busy season here. Lots going on in the fall and leading up into, of course, Christmas is right around the corner, but we're in the middle of our X-150 advance. Right, our vision initiative. So things are busy at Calvary as we're sharing the vision and uh, moving forward to a commitment and uh, just appreciate everybody's prayer and support. Everybody's been so enthusiastic. Yeah, it's been a fun time. Uh, this last weekend, we got to hear from Troy Nesbitt uh, from the Salt mm-hmm. Network was with us this weekend. That was really cool. Um uh, and their Salt Network, uh, for those that w- maybe weren't there, they plant churches on college campuses, but they're just they're churches. They're not right. just for college kids. They're they're real churches. They're just located either on or in very close proximity. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, uh, man, I'd be physically on the campus, but as you said, right in the proximity. And it's a great model that uh, took me a little time to get my brain around when I first heard about it. Uh, because I thought, okay, is this just a group of college students, like mm-hmm. a, another collegiate ministry, or is this just a church composed of college students? And as you said it, no, it's a regular church. It's a multi-generational church, but it is a church that is planted on or near a college campus that understands its greatest missional target mm-hmm. is to reach and disciple and deploy college students seeing that as a primary mission field in America. And so, uh, you know, in those churches, their their resources, their staffing model, everything really is directed to college students. They understand it's about reaching that generation, discipling them, and then sending them out as a next-generation disciples and missionaries and planners. And so they've done great work, and we're happy to partner with them here at Calvary. Yeah, and it was it was so great to hear from him. He was he was here on our stage. As always, the link will be uh, in the description of the podcast if you missed that that interview. But um, this is also kind of a neat thing in that um, probably in that we just planted one of these. Right. We were we were partnered in planting one of these churches in Gainesville. Yep. Um, and so cool that Stephen. Right. Your son was involved in that. Yeah, all their churches, you know, their their network is is through the Midwest. Uh, if you're a college football fan, think Big Twelve, Big Ten, mm-hmm. uh, Iowa, Iowa State, which is where it started. Iowa State, Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, all you know, all that. And uh, you know, when we got to, to connect with them, as we began our vision of of multiplication, you know, our paths crossed in a mm-hmm. meeting, and we started connecting and talking. Next thing you know, Troy and some of his team were here. And one conversation led to another, and it was, why not Florida? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they, they really weren't necessarily interested in the, the Deep South, where, which is a little more churched, although still a lot of unreached uh, uh, people on college campuses. Sure. But uh, we said, hey, Florida is different. You know, mm-hmm. Florida is, is more like a Northeast or a Midwest state, uh, maybe, maybe not Midwest, but, you know, upper, like, like a northern place, you know, a lot of people have come from somewhere else, right. uh, a lot of lostness, and um, and of course, Florida is the fourth largest state in America with the amount of college students. Mm-hmm. I think we're third largest just population, but we had the fourth largest 
um, with over a million college students every yeah. year in college in Florida. So it's this incredible mission field. And uh, so we started in at the University of Florida, Gainesville, and Assault Church launched in September. Uh, our son Stephen is uh, on the team there. He's one of the the team members leading the salt net the salt company which is their college ministry that meets during the week mm. and then of course uh, part of the team and they, they meet on the weekend and have services well that's awesome yeah, off to a great great start by the way yeah they had a really cool launch uh, i remember they they put out a video of their first weekend and everything it was a it's just a lot of cool stuff going on there i i did want to ask just quickly before we get away from that topic of uh we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, multiplication, how multiplication is, is difficult. And you know, like starting a church, being a part of a church plant, it's it's not easy. Very hard. So I'm curious, you know, it's definitely one thing to say, this, this is important, we got to be doing this. But then when your son wants to be a part of a church right, plant, and right. you know the statistic, you know, hey, this is hard. This is like... This is tough sledding. Uh, what does that process look well, like? Well, ministry is hard. And, uh, you know, so when God began to call him and, and direct his heart, you, we're, we're full of great joy. Um, and uh, really, it's joy. I mean, mm-hmm. we know it's hard, but uh, serving the Lord is worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I learned a term. I've learned a lot from just hanging around Troy and the guys at uh, Salt Network. You know, one of their terms, uh, and let me just say to their credit, it's one of the greatest sending cultures I've ever seen in terms of sending people out. And uh, they use a term called gospel goodbyes. Mm. They're always having gospel goodbyes, they say. And that's when the people are ready to be sent out and they leave. Troy has sent out some of his own kids to another campus, you know, Mm -hmm. his grandkids. And uh, it gets real at that point. But, uh, and I think he shared this Sunday, you know, it's the greatest blessing is not just to have your kids close to you, which I'm glad to have some of mine close to me, especially my grandkids. But the greatest blessing as a godly parent, a grandparent, is that your kids would follow the Lord and Mm. serve his purposes. And in his providence, that means sometimes being sent out. Mm. And uh, and not just your kids, but people you love, Mm. Um, uh, leaders that you've loved. We've got a lot of interns around here, apprentices. We're watching them grow up, and the day's going to come when... We're going to say goodbye, yeah. and it's a gospel goodbye when they're going to follow the Lord. And so as much as we may shed a few tears, uh, they're, uh, they're tears of joy as we watch people follow the Lord. Yeah, yeah, and we even were able to send the team up to uh, the Salt Church up in Gainesville in, a, in one of our services. I think we sent Ra- didn't Rachel we go had, there? We from- had uh, one of our uh, interns, Rachel, is yeah. up there helping. Of course, Stephen and Mary Stewart are helping. We've had some other people connected with Calvary go and serve and help. And uh, we had, uh, again, the Salt Company, the collegiate uh, part of the ministry here Sunday in our service. So it was great to have them all here. Very cool. We're going to put, I'll put the link to the Salt Network, just some more information if you want it in there. That's just one of our many groups we get to partner with in this church. We've had a lot of people who not only, by the way, through X150, nobody's asked me to do this. You know, we we have generously supported that church as we have the other churches we we help plant. But also other people directly supporting Salt Church and, and the ministry there, and that's great too. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we want you to give through X150, but hey, as long as you're giving into the work of the Lord, giving directly through Calvary, either way, we're glad to, to uh, have that support going to Salt Church in Gainesville. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, that was that was one of the cool things happened this weekend. Uh, so we talked a little, we wanted to touch on this because a, a lot of people are talking about it right now. Uh, especially in the last day or so. Um, by the time this will come out, probably be a, a two days. But uh, this video that's circulating with um, 
John MacArthur, mm. and uh, the was at a conference and and shared some. It was a word association type thing they did, and he kind of made a remark on Beth Moore. So I just I, because it it, it just kind of kept coming up. I I asked if if we could bring it up today. So I'll just I'll just ask you if uh, what are just your thoughts on that? Wow, really, yeah. I just kind of leads right into it. Uh, throw me into the fire on that one. Um, uh, I, m- most people probably know about it. Obviously, I, I don't want to you know give all the background. Uh, most people can go online, but there's been a you know the fur of the week uh, in evangelical life has been this little uh, comment that uh, John MacArthur made. Uh, John MacArthur is, for those who don't know, a, a well-known Bible teacher, mm-hmm. a radio preacher through the years. He's had a, a, a tremendous and distinguished ministry. He's a prolific author. And uh, people have probably heard me quote him many times, because I have. I, I, I've told many people, I have a couple of go-to commentary sets. John MacArthur's has always been one of my, fam- mm-hmm. uh, my favorites. It's uh, thorough. It's biblical. Uh, he's strong. That doesn't mean I always agree with him. I don't, you know, you always may have different opinion on some things, but I've always appreciated his insight. Um, but, uh, yeah, he made a comment over the weekend when I, the, the, the backstory of this is for about the last, I don't know, uh, two to three years, uh, I think Beth would, would say it started in 2016. Beth Moore, who is this tremendously popular, um, uh, Bible teacher, women's teacher, uh, filled arenas around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, our ladies have done many, many Beth Moore studies. I'm sure some are doing them now. My wife has been immeasurably blessed by the Beth Moore studies through the years. Uh, we've sent groups. We've hosted simulcast. Um, Beth, is a, her ministry is interdenominational, but she's Southern Baptist. Most mm-hmm. people know that. Um, but she's kind of been in the firestorm the last year or two. Um, and you know, there's a lot to that, but I think what you're asking me about is over the weekend, somebody asked John MacArthur, it was a word association. What, right. What is, what do you think about Beth Moore? And, um, uh, he said, go home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the, um, because he's been a critic and, uh, he feels like she's a woman preacher, uh, that, uh, because she has preached on Sunday morning at a couple of churches that became a real issue for a lot of uh, conservative evangelicals. And so some have really uh, criticized her. Um, and uh, a lot of those criticisms have been really, really, if, you know, my opinion, uh, just mean mm-hmm. and uncalled for. It's okay. I think the bigger picture I would want people to know is this. It's one thing to disagree with somebody mm-hmm. who you know is a brother or sister in Christ, loves the Lord, believes the Bible, and is following the Lord as best they know how, and you may disagree with them. Um, but w- you can be agreeable in your disagreement. Right. There is a way in which to express love and kindness and humility. And uh, I, with all due respect, and I have great respect for John MacArthur and his ministry, which is, again, enormously distinguished. He's accomplished more than I ever will, and I, I applaud him for that. But I, I did not like the comment. I mm-hmm. felt like it, it came across as unkind, uncharitable, sarcastic, uh, and, um, and uh, just unnecessary. You can disagree with Beth Moore on some things. She has preached on Sunday morning in a couple of pulpits. There are some conservative evangelicals who don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern Baptists, um, our, when our doctrinal statement draws the line uh, for women in ministry at senior pastor. Mm. Uh, there are, you know, as you know, Anthony, there are a couple of passages in the New Testament that, that Bible believers wrestle over. And mm-hmm. all of us who believe the Bible take them seriously. And as always, we try to imply them. 
Southern Baptist drew the line, and this doesn't make it right. It's just where the network we've been a part of, the network of churches we've been a part of, at, at the role of senior pastor. That the passages that talk about a woman not teaching or a woman having authority over a man in a church, that it was speaking about the role that we commonly think of as senior pastor, the teaching pastor on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But that leaves some latitude as to whether or not can a woman ever teach on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. even under the pastor's authority, with the pastor's okay. And I obviously, Beth Moore thinks that that's okay to do on mm-hmm. occasion. I don't know that she does it a lot, but she's done it on occasion. Um, I don't think we've ever done that here. I'm not sure that we would. I'm, I'm not sure that I agree with her sense of freedom on that. But, you know, I think you can have your convictions and then have what J.D. Greer calls a generous orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, there are some things that we need to agree on, and there's some areas we can disagree on and still walk together. Mm-hmm. I may not agree with everything Beth Moore has ever done or said, there probably there are some areas I would disagree with her, but I admire her ministry. I thank God for her, and I think she loves Jesus. And every time I listen to her, it makes me want to love Jesus more. Right? Um, I mean, I don't know how you listen to her. And don't think, boy, she really loves Jesus. I think she loves the Word of God. I think she is tremendously gifted, and I thank God for her ministry. Hmm. So, I, I, she might say something I disagree with, but. Um, but I love her. I appreciate her. The one word association that should have been given was sister, yeah, sister in Christ. That's good. And I thank God for her ministry. And someone else said that, so I can't claim credit for it, but that's what should have been said. I, I wish Dr. MacArthur had been more charitable. He, he um, you know, a, a, a little more humble, a little more mm. kind. And by the way, and we don't, probably don't have time to get in all this, there were a lot of things said on that tape they went off, he and several others on that panel, to talk about Southern Baptist yeah. in general. Well, some of it, what they said about the Southern Baptist Convention, and we're not a perfect group, believe mm-hmm. me. If you want to talk about where our flaws are, I'll be, you know, we, we'll need three hours on a podcast someday. Um, but what they said was inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, they, they said some things that are just, I, you know, I, I don't know how deeply to get into that today. But um, what they said was inaccurate. I would dispute it entirely in terms of the, you know, what they perceive as a drift or a change of direction among our network of churches. I, that's just not true. Mm. It's just not true. Uh, whatever disagreements we have, our network of churches has been exceedingly clear about the inerrancy and the authority of the Bible and our mission to work together to evangelize the world. And, uh, I, you know, you're not going to agree on everything, mm. but you can agree on the big things. That's where unity comes in, the non-negotiables. And uh, I think um, I, I'm very happy being a part of our network of churches, flaws and all. I'm glad Beth Moore is a part of that. And I think to say to her, go home, mm. is really offensive. Yeah. Very offensive. And, you know, I'm not sure what he meant by that because it sounds very— chauvinistic. I mean, it sounds like go home and be quiet. Well, there are a lot of women in the Bible, and there are a lot of women in evangelical history, and there are a lot of women in Baptist history who, um, yes, they took care of their families and their husbands and their children, but they did more than go home. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, our two greatest mission offerings, if you grew up in Southern Baptist life as I did, are named after women. That's right. Uh, the Lottie Moon mm-hmm. offering is named after Lottie Moon, who was a great missionary in China, and and usually at Calvary we just call that our international missions offering now. 
But Southern Baptists who kind of have the Southern Baptist heredity know that is the Lottie Moon Christmas right, offering. Right. And the Annie Armstrong Christmas offering or, or Easter offering, Annie Armstrong Easter offering is for uh, North American missions. And mm-hmm. she was a home missionary and advocated for home missionaries. So those are two women that I'm glad somebody didn't tell them to go home. Yeah. You know what? Right. I, because Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples. And that yeah. wasn't just for men. That's for all of us. And use your gifts. And there are some women who are gifted in teaching. There are some women who are gifted in areas of leadership. And, uh, and we as the church need to be able to embrace those gifts. We need to celebrate those gifts. We need to, within our biblical conviction and mm-hmm. within the parameters given us by Scripture. And I think there are some. And, you know, it would take a long time to talk about interpretations sure, sure. of that. But we need to be the people who celebrate, rejoice, and uh, uh, use utilize the giftedness of our sisters as well as as our brothers. And uh, to say to a godly, gifted woman who has done great work for the kingdom of God, go home, is is unfortunate. I wish you hadn't said that. Yeah, that's all so well said. And I think it's come up so many times, interestingly, in the last couple of Sermon series you've taught, sermons you've taught. Just uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, but the idea of have a have a conversation with your neighbor. Don't mm-hmm. let this nature of divisiveness creep and seep in. And I think it is a it is a a little bit of a plague in the church that we are doing. I mean, even before, which I won't, I, I hesitate to even mention this, but I think the last time they did this conference, he he made a real offhanded comment about Stephen Furtick, and a, a real just kind of casual offhand called him unqualified. And it's like we, just like you said, we just we, there's a there's a generosity, there's a, there's a compassion, there's a base level here we're skipping, um, of kindness. Like my goodness, like yeah, like you said, right. very. And and I disagree with a lot about Stephen Furtick. Just for the record, I mean, there are some things Stephen Furtick has said uh, online that I do cringe at. I do, I I you know I there are things that I I wouldn't recommend his ministry as an as an excellent example of right. biblical teaching. But what your point is. But you can be charitable in disagreement. Yes, you can be right. kind in disagreement, and um, and I don't, I didn't, I w- wasn't aware of that comment, so I, I don't really am not informed to speak on it. But I think when you heard the comment about Beth Moore again, you can disagree with Beth Moore. Yeah, you can say, you know what, I think she's taken some positions, and and frankly, there there are some things she has said and done that I go, well, I wish she hadn't done it like that. Mm-hmm. I wish she, she, you know, somebody would say that about me. I we don't have to agree on everything to still walk together and serve Jesus together. Right. And we can love one another and be patient and kind and gracious with one another. And um, it, it uh, I just wish in that panel uh, that was has been so widely broadcast, you just saw more of a humble and gracious spirit than this, what seemed to me like an arrogant, unkind, and cutting spirit. Hmm. There's a way, the takeaway line is, there's a way to disagree charitably. There's a way to disagree with respect and kindness. And, you know, it just seems like, Seems like some Christians spend a lot of time shooting at other other Christians and and not as much time out doing evangelism and the mission of the gospel. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking on that. Uh, again, that just happened the last couple of days, so that uh, we'll get back to the sermon from this weekend, which is what we usually do on the podcast. Uh, but we knew that was going to take up a little bit of time. So I, I had a question. Uh, we, we anchored on uh, the Lord's Prayer this weekend. The series mm-hmm. has been uh, Thy Kingdom Come, which is, a, which is a, a line from kind of the King James version of that, of that prayer. 
which was the one I grew up saying, by the way. Right. I grew up in the Awana. We everything we memorized was in KJV. King James. You can't. There are some passages today. Mm-hmm. I still cannot read them or say them. Right. That the twenty third Psalm is one. The Lord's Prayer is another. It's, yes. It's Thy Kingdom come. You know. You just. That's how you learned it. That's how you got to say. When it. you said in service this weekend, you said, "Forgive us our debts." I was I was on trespasses. Yeah, forgive right. Our right. Trespasses. <laughs> we forgive us our trespasses against. I can't come off it. Uh, John three sixteen is my other one. Yeah, Only yeah. begotten Son. I that's, can't say that any other way. I that's read all right though. That's a good thing. I'm stuck there. Thank you, Awana. I was the uh, Timothy Award winner a couple years. Congratulations! I had no idea. It was a big. I, you didn't know the higher you made. I was. I didn't put it on my resume. That's what I, <laughs> that was the mistake I made. That should be on there. Uh, so uh, a thing, though, that I, I love about that, and it was really kind of the, a, a very focal point of the message and having Troy here, is the idea of um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is an active prayer. Um, I think, And I think sometimes well, we have to ask ourselves, and you did several times, what can we do to advance the kingdom of God? The first point was accept that the kingdom has come, and then advance the kingdom was the second point. And I love that kind of the challenge, and that's inherent to that. Um, I think there's almost, uh, and it's not an either or, you got to start by saying that, but there's almost a, a, there can be a disconnect when you see this moment, your kingdom come, your will be done, as a future thing. Like that, that'll happen in eternity. Right. Certainly not saying that that's not true. But I, th- I love the activity inherent in this prayer of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then us asking that question, of how can we be a part of that advancing the kingdom of God? So uh, it's this. I know this is kind of a vague question. It's not super pointed, but just just comparing those two things. You know, how do we guard against complacency and just thinking? You know, hey, we have this hope. We have this. We we have this this real resonant truth of the future will work itself out. Eventually, God wins down the road. But how do we how do we keep ourselves active today? in seeing the inva- the advancement yeah. of that kingdom. The, the reality of the kingdom of God is is um, uh, attention. It's past, present, and future right. altogether. The kingdom has come. Jesus came and said the kingdom of God is at hand. Therefore, repent. It, it, something was happening when Jesus came. The kingdom of God uh, is coming, and that is it is advancing, and the kingdom of God will come. They're the promises, as you said, in eternity, we know God wins. The kingdom will be on earth as it is in heaven. And we live between, you know, accepting the kingdom in mm-hmm. the past and anticipating the kingdom to come. Uh, we live in the era of advancing the kingdom. And uh, you see that modeled throughout the Bible. I think it's why we are to pray for it daily. We're to seek it and we're to work for it. And what you see again and again in the book of Acts is the way in which they advance the kingdom is through the preaching of the gospel. They proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Paul referred to his entire Ephesian ministry as I was among you preaching the kingdom of heaven. So uh, that's how the gospel spreads, uh, or that's how the kingdom advances. The gospel spreads. The good news of Christ spreads. People hear, they believe, and the kingdom of God advances. I think we we stay away from complacency by recognizing we do have a job to do. There, that's maybe that's why Jesus taught us to pray that prayer that way. Because, mm-hmm. um, and I and I really think anticipation does keep you from complacency, mm-hmm. um, because I know where the world is going. I know what God is doing. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I want to be in on that. Why would I all of a sudden sit back and go? Well, I. The kingdom of God is going to come, therefore I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's just the opposite. The kingdom of God is coming. I want to be in on it. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be working for it. I want to be investing in it. 
and I want to be doing what I can to advance it. So I actually think it goes together. To anticipate the kingdom is what motivates us to advance it today. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and I love the moment we're in right now as we're kind of plunging into this thing. And I think starting this week, really, we're kind of like diving uh, full on into the, the X-150 advance that we're talking about. But it's a great moment to challenge yourself and to say, what's my role in that? And and to make sure that the answer is something, that, that you, you have a role in this. You know, whether uh, my wife and I are in the stage where we have young kids. So right. we, you know, we feel like we're spent a lot of the time and, we, and we're looking for, man, still challenging though. How do, you, how do you use what you can, the, the gifts, the time, the abilities, the resources? And then you know, often we hear, we're in Florida, a lot, of, a lot of people come here to retire and things, and we hear, you know, I've done it for so long, it's kind of not my season anymore. And yep. that the, the, you have to be challenging yourself. Everybody, every step has to ask themselves these questions. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned the, the folks in retirement. I mean, what a great season of life. Hmm. I mean, you have people retiring and sometimes they're early 60s. Now, they might have 25, 30 years. You're just going to soak up the sun, or as, as John Piper said, you're going to just pick up seashells? Well, that's that's a great way to spend an afternoon, but it's a terrible way to spend a life. Yeah, You know, you may have the, the greatest time, the greatest resources in all of your life at your disposal. You need to be advancing the kingdom of God. There's so many things that you can do to advance the kingdom of God. And that's why, Anthony, the local church is such a beautiful thing. Mm. Because wherever you are and whatever gifts you have and whatever stage of life you're in, when you are connected in a local body of believers that's on mission for God, you find a way to serve. And we serve together. And all these collective gifts, when they are brought together, help make sure the gospel is proclaimed. It does spread, mm. and the kingdom is advanced. And I think that's why people are, I hope, excited to be at Calvary in this season, because we are talking about not just one big church getting bigger, but what are we doing to advance the kingdom of God through all the variety of things God has called us to do? Yeah. Well, that we did it, guys. We did it. We're, we did another podcast. <laughs> that's it for the week. Uh, thank you for joining us. And hey, we're really going to name this thing. I keep saying that. I mean it. I'm, we're going to do it. You're we're not gonna, just holding it out there. I'm not. I'm going to carry it at the end of a stick. We, I promise you, <laughs> before we get to 100 episodes, we will name this podcast. I, that's, not a, that's not a hard goal. I should come up with something shorter than that. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.